CVS is consumer, consumer value, value stores. stores. Mm-hmm. Do you think it still is that? Does it still I don't stand? know. That's so uh, interesting. I'm in any sort of conversation. I'm the only one who knows that. Knows that. I literally so. thought I was gonna have to Google it. I did yeah. not know that you would know that. Okay. No. So I'm gonna do the intro again. I have so. my name tag in my desk, by the do way. Do you really? From CVS. Do you yeah. really? I love it. <laughs> I actually want to see it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, writer and producer, Chris Regan. He is back from a long hiatus of being on last week, and now he's back this week. So this is part two of two. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, you must go back and listen, because Chris is originally from New York City, and that's the only reason to listen. Just kidding. Chris has worked on some of the most well-known TV shows and movies that you have for sure seen, not the least of which are Ted 2, Family Guy, and The Daily Show. He's currently a writer for Family Guy. Chris Marks, our first guest, who is a winner of both a Peabody and an Emmy Award, but uh, he has more than one of each of those, which is a big fat flex. Okay, Chris, so where we left off, we were in the entrees portion of the interview last week, and we were talking about you worked in a, a CVS at the Newburgh Mall, right? That was mm-hmm. the Newburgh Mall? Yep. Okay. You were making three thirty-three an hour. Three thirty-five. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> listen. Three thirty-five. <laughs> let's not cut off your pennies. Three thirty-five an hour. And okay, so you had just said, your friends were like, hey, buy us cigarettes or whatever. And mm. you were like, you tried to be cool, but you're like, nah, I can't do that. Did you have any other experience? experiences there where you were like a little afraid or did you only really work during the day you know the mall closed at like eight or nine o'clock at night and part of Newburgh was kind of a high crime area but Ooh. but this part of Newburgh was not so there was never any sort of like I don't remember anything criminal uh, happening at all in the mall so I never felt a tremendous sense of danger but I'd usually be leaving by nine or nine thirty at night and I lived maybe about a 15-minute drive away. So, yeah, I never got the sense that we were going to be robbed or anything. I remember there was a kid, Buddy, who was kind of a tough kid at my high school, who really was pressuring me to sell him and his friend cigarettes. And, uh, you know, I was just like, Buddy, you're a year behind me. I, I can't buy these. Also, like, your name is Buddy. You yeah. should be six, and you should <laughs> have to mature out of that name. So, no, sir, we will not. But, yeah, I never... I dealt with weirdos and I dealt with mean people. Old people are almost uniform, or back then were almost uniformly mean to Wait, people really? in a, a name tag. Yeah. I, I encountered very few sweet old people. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, what would they be mean to you about? Oh, just like, you know, if you didn't answer them immediately. I remember there was some old guy who just kept demanding medicated powder. And what I'm like, the fuck is medicated powder for well, itching? Well, that was going to be my question. <laughs> And I said, well, what particular? I need medicated powder. Can't you hear me? I'm like, well, do you need it for? I need medicated powder. Oh, my God. And I tell you, my drive home in my 78 (laughs) Plymouth Colt that night, I had so many comebacks for this old SOB. (laughs) You know, I'm sure he's probably fought. Oh, certainly dead. Probably fought in World War II or whatever, you know. Uh, So I'll give him maybe a little bit of a pass. But uh, but yeah, usually old people were really, really cranky. Mm. And um, and I also think it was old people, it's the mid-80s, had gone through the 70s, and were like, all young people are worthless now, you know. <laughs> so is what everybody's doing now. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> okay, so you, how long did you last at that CVS? 
About two years. Damn. Yeah. And you were in high school simultaneously, or this was during college? Uh, I was in high school. And so I, I, I started my junior year, and then I took a little time off senior year so I could be in the Fantastics. Ooh. <laughs> I took about, I, I only worked on the weekends for like November, December, so I, I could do this play. Because my, um, I, I did a lot of music in high school. I was like a trumpet player and stuff like that. My parents were, my father was really into music, so... They let me cut back my hours so I could be in a musical. Way to bury the lead. You played trumpet? That's oh, yeah. Cool. That's really fucking cool. Do you still? I, it, my trumpet is in a storage space in Greeley, Pennsylvania now, if anyone's looking to steal it. Um, <laughs> Another big flex. You got a storage unit in a different space, too. Wow. Whole different state. Good job, Chris. <laughs> oh, well, sometimes when you get divorced, you need to clean clean out things pretty quickly. No, I feel like an asshole. <laughs> okay, moving past that. Okay, so you so you you were in the Fantastics, yeah. and so you so you dropped down to weekends, but you worked whilst you were in that musical only on the um uh, around it, you know. But I couldn't work because I would I would go from high school, go home and eat really quickly, and then work at night at CVS from like five to nine. When did you do homework? <sighs> Just crank, I try. I mean, we'd get out at three. I was I was a pretty decent student, but Damn. and it wasn't every day. Um, but I, you know, I could log like 20 or 30 hours a week sometimes. I mean, it was meth legal back then. How did you stay awake? I mean, I guess kids, I, was, I guess yeah, we have energy I, the, the, then. I, I wasn't a coffee drinker then. I was just, you know, sheer, I, just I, being I, a kid. Yeah. I was, I was in the bloom of youth <laughs> and then I worked there through senior year, but then an opening at pizza hut came Ooh, along and which, they poached you, which paid three fifty an hour. Well, shit. Yeah. You gotta so, go. <laughs> so I jumped over to Pizza Hut just for the summer before I went to college. Okay. What were you doing at Pizza Hut? I was a cook. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, was it so hot? It was so it hot. Was, it was so hot, and it was so such a crazy place, because everyone there was kind of nuts. What? In the kitchen. Um, <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. For the first time ever on this podcast, someone's accused kitchen staff of being <laughs> not well. That never happens, Chris. Only at this Pizza Hut. It was... Well, it was one of the uh, old standalone Pizza Huts, which I, I don't think... Well, the, the, you know, there used to be restaurants with parking lots, and yeah. they had booths and tables yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that, and a big salad bar. Yeah. And we had waitresses, no waiters, just waitresses. Oh. They did not split tips with the cook with the kitchen staff. Well, from, damn. That's yeah, rude. Yeah, but I didn't know until years later that th- that was done, but we did not get that in the kitchen. And when I worked at Pizza Hut, uh, there was a ranking system in the in the kitchen who knew that pizza was so political oh it was well your first name tag said chris trainee chris these name tags are so significant in this history of your life do you wear a name tag to family guy like this feels like such an important evolution of i consider it such it it was really a driving force in my life that at some point i'm not going to wear a name tag I keep trying to do a joke and then you say, here's something very sad. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's so significant. No, no. I, I, you know, because my my dad was a butcher and he was always in service industry. And my my dad never took crap from people. Like I, I, my brother would tell me stories of things he would say and do to customers who gave him a hard time. But, you know, I was, he trained me to be polite and to take a lot of crap. Mm, Irish. um, We do that. Yeah. You know, and so... But you know they try to incentivize you at Pizza Hut with your name tag because you got Chris Trainee, and then two weeks later, Eric, the manager, mm. who loved pornography, it was always in his oh, office. God, <laughs> yeah, in fact, he would always have stacks of a magazine called Gent Home of the D Cup no, in his office. On. Yeah, 
And, you know, the waitresses would come in to hand their time cards over. And they'd have to see Gent home of the D cup on yeah, the desk. He would have Gent and Jugs, so sure. you, you kind of knew what Eric liked. <laughs> butts. Eric Clearly was, butts. Eric was so weird because one time we were in the kitchen late at night. I'll get back to the name tag. Yeah, I just yeah, wanted... Yeah. Eric was... You know, he seemed older, but he's probably in his late 20s sure. then. And... I don't know if he'd taken a couple of pulls in his car or something, but he, he was a little loopy. <laughs> pulls and, for uh, the non-Irish crowd means drinking yeah, beers. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and we had a radio in the kitchen, and Smuggler's Blues came on, a Glenn Fry song that was very popular in like 1984, 85. And there's a real cheesy guitar solo, and Eric began air-guitaring to it. And then he's like, come on, Chris, get into it. And I'm making a pizza. I'm like, no. Am I supposed to air guitar with you? <laughs> and then and then he's like, you know, I love rock and roll. You know, you know, I really like John McCartney. I'm like, no. who gets a Beatles name wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean that that was Eric in a nutshell. But Eric, about two weeks into it, was like, hey Regan, come here. Got a new name tag for you. And he gave me one that said Chris, production professional. My God. Is this is okay, but someone like Eric, I'm gonna shit on your joke now because mm-hmm. Eric is someone who like took a lot of pride in being the like kind of drunk pizza manager guy. And I, like, it was significant for him. To I give had you made that. it. I had yeah. made it past that, but there was a ranking above that. Oh God. Which Augie and Jim held. And they were two guys in the kitchen who they both had like a drunk driving, uh, of, of course, uh, Augie, accent, like yeah, every week. He's not writing books. Like, like Augie and Jim would come up, usually report to work Monday with some sort of new black guy or missing tooth or something. And they were, I kid you not, they had gold name tags that read Doe Master Supreme, which was... I'm sorry, I thought you said Doe Master Supreme. Is that Doe what Master said? Supreme. It was the highest rank that you could get in the Pizza Hut kitchen before you went to manager. Now, would these get raises? Like, after you... There were, would be raises. Okay, so after trainee, now when you're you're the production well, professional? I got, it? like, an extra dime okay. or something a week. All right, and now we're up to 360. Yeah, and the, the, the Doe Master Supreme guys might have made around four. Well. But they had to do a test in front of a district manager where they had to make stuff very quickly. And... Pizza Hut had some of the best pizza I have ever had in my life. So, like, I appreciate... This kind of shit. Well, to be it's honest. consistency. Yeah, you know, every large I can remember. Well, back then, every large pie, large pepperoni had fifty-two slices of pepperoni on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it had a big chart, and we had all, all your baskets, and they really took pride in that. Yeah, yeah. And, and they took a lot of the guesswork out of it. So ideally, the product would always be great and the same until like Augie or Jim, both of whom had braces. <laughs> Someone, and DUIs. <laughs> yeah. Someone returned a pizza that had a braces rubber no, band in it. No, yeah. no, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> so fucking gross, Chris. Oh, my God. And Augie and Jim were like, uh, probably the production professional. I'm like, I don't have I don't braces. Have braces, you stupid fuck. <laughs> I'm not the guy. God. But you, you would do a test in front of the district manager. He'd be there with a stopwatch. Damn. And, um, you know, uh, if you could hit all your marks under this, you became Doe Master Supreme. Damn. And Augie and Jim were so... They they weren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. What? Like, <laughs> like we had... When you took a big pan out of the conveyor belt oven, you grabbed a specially made wrench, you slipped the pizza out of the pan onto the cutting board, and then there was a hot pan shelf and a cold pan shelf. And then you would put the hot pan shelf where it was marked hot pans, so when you would grab to get another pie, you wouldn't hit... Burn your fucking hands. Yeah. Augie and Jim could never get that straight. How? <laughs> How is that hard? And I would burn my hand. And, oh, my God, And it Chris. was, you know, 
I developed a bit of a rougher edge working in a ki- kitchen. I'd be like, God damn it, Augie, you put a hot pan in the cold pan yeah. area. And he would hold his gold oh, badge no, out to not. me and say, you want to wear this? What if You he- want to wear this? No, I don't, Augie. This isn't goals. <laughs> I just don't want to burn my fucking fingers off. Yeah. It was such... Eric arranged the schedule in such a way that you knew when you had to come in, but you never went home at the time that uh, so yeah. every day was like an eight or a 10 hour day and this was my summer before i went to college so i just needed to make as much money as possible oh so every day was a 10 hour day there and i think sometimes he would knock it to like eight on the time card so he, he was wouldn't, cheating you out of hours that's gross i think it was like well you could also lose your job you know because i think at my age what were you who like, are you gonna go to exactly wow that's exploitation yeah. like crazy yeah but the idea was like well, I mean, no other place is going to give you 50 hours, even though you're doing like 56 oh. or 57. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, it was bananas. and So that was the summer right before you went to high, uh, did, college. Did mm-hmm. you ever get the gold the gold name? No, no. That, oh. that was definitely for lifers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and who needed to make sure you knew you were just some peon, but really it was like, no, yeah. you're going to college. You're going to live a different yeah. life. And the waitresses were just waitresses. Yeah, <laughs> like they, I'm they, sure. Yeah, no. They but, didn't get special tags. But we all wore these kind of elf-like green polyester outfits with little green polyester visors and it was i don't know that i remember pizza hut with the greenery we we matched the carpet oh god (laughs) (laughs) sexy okay so i want to get to you had mentioned you had some gas station craziness but do you uh do you want me to keep going with the questions will that lead us into it okay Um, what was your favorite job of all of those customer service jobs you just mentioned? Cause obviously what you're doing now is your favorite, of course, but I mean of the customer service jobs, well, it was the gas station. Okay. Why? Because his gas was priced way too high <laughs> because there'd been some sort of spike the year before where uh, premium unleaded the high, the Supreme yeah, yeah. had gone up to like a buck 35 a gallon. And then everywhere else it went down to below you know, a dollar. Cause I think, Regular gas is probably like 80 cents a gallon. And I think there, there was still a regular pump before unleaded. Sure. You know. And Billy, the guy who ran this place, didn't lower the prices again. And this will all reveal itself. So I worked nights there. And it was right down the road from my house. It was nice because my mother would make me dinner and come down and drop off a little pan. That's sweet. And uh, I had total freedom there. I was alone. I could listen to... I had this big old radio. And I was... Summer um, in 1984, I really, really got into music. It was like all sorts of great. We had some pretty decent radio stations in the Hudson Valley at the time. And I was just on my own. I closed up by myself. There were very few customers. This is terrifying, though. I can't imagine letting my teenage child be like absolutely vulnerable. That's a vulnerable job. Yeah, but you know, I I was never robbed. You never were. No, no. I mean, someone threatened to behead me. Sure, at one point. sure, sure, but I'd rather be robbed. But okay, cool. Why? Why? Well, they also had a uh, lawnmower repair business there. Okay. And one fella, clearly drunk, was calling up demanding to know where his lawnmower was. I'm like, well, sir, uh, I'm on the night, I'm the night shift. You know, I'd work like seven to ten, or you know, six thirty. All sure. the mechanics would go home, and I'd be there alone. I could also drink as much yoo-hoo as I wanted. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like that, 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 that was uh, part yeah. of the job. And this fella kept calling and like, why haven't they gotten back to me? And again, I'm like. Sir, I, I can't speak to that, but starting tomorrow at 8 a.m., everyone will be back. And he, and he blew up at me. He's like, I'm going to come down there in my Chevy, chop your head off, and I'm going to throw it onto Route 208. And he hung, hung up the phone. Oh, my God, I, I like, would have left. Oh, okay. So I called <laughs> Billy, who is the owner, and I said, look, 
some guy just threatened to chop my head off. And he was like, oh, that's Dennis. Like he, and Billy's explanation was, Billy's expl- he was in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, okay, so he gets to chop my head off? Or what's the solution here? Well, apparently everybody he got on the phone was th- threatened with a beheading. So, oh, okay. so you were just, this was just baptism. Okay. But it was terrible because I was there alone. Um, it was kind of a wintry night. You know, and it took a while for me to find Billy again in the era before cell phones and answering machines. But then he was like, oh, don't worry, it's Dennis. Oh, oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, dude. Appreciate you. But it was, you know, I'm good alone. I'm good working by myself. And I was in this little office uh, that was kind of my own little fiefdom. Mom would bring dinner. I'd listen to Q104, which was a top 40 station at the time. Okay. Occasionally, I'd jump over to WPDH, which was more album-oriented rock. Which and now they're classic rock, so whatever they were playing new then, they they, they, they still play. Okay. And I really just kind of felt like an adult. I would I would open up. I would measure the depth of the tanks to see how much they needed. There was a little chart for me, so I had a bunch of tasks, and I could read. I could do my homework there all the time, uh, which was great. Yeah. And uh, but I did have. I might have been the last person to ever see a family alive okay. when I was there, which uh, was what. And I blacked this story out for years, but I remember it was a very, very, very snowy night. And this woman pulled up in an old VW bug and she had two kids in the car with her. And it was very, very snowy. And I remember even telling her, you know, be careful out there. The roads are bad. And, and by the way, I've Googled this online. I can't find record of this. and I, I'm not making it up. But a couple of days later, the sheriff came by with this gentleman who had a bunch of flyers. And like, have you seen her or them? I was like, I did see them, you know, and I was like, it's four nights ago during the storm. They came by and filled up and they were heading up toward, you know, they, I told them the direction they headed. I didn't know. I mean, we were at a crossroads and they they headed north and um, this woman vanished with the two kids. And then the cops came back to, you know, they questioned me one more time about like how she seemed and this, that, and and she couldn't have been nicer. And the kids were, you know, just kids in the backseat of an old, old VW and what happened was it was so snowy and we had a lot of apple orchards up there. And they have something called spray ponds, which, which are man-made ponds where they draw water to put in the, the sprayers for the, uh, to spray, you know, they, these tractors. And she skidded off the road and went down a hill and went into the pond, broke through the ice. And the car submerged and it was snowing so heavily that night, the pond, the pond and the tracks were covered up again by, by the next morning. And I think... Some time went by when there was a thaw and they figured out that her car had gone and she and the, 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 the kids had drowned. And uh, I remember, I hadn't thought about this in years. And one time I was watching some sort of news story about a similar case where someone, there, you know, some internet divers like found some car that had gone into a canal. I was like, oh my God, I remember that story. And I've since Googled, I don't really have enough information to do a full Google of it. Because I think I'm like, well, it might have been December of 83, you know, like just kind of going back and forth in my head. But yeah, I think I was the last people to ever see, last guy to ever see this poor woman and her kids Oh, I keep getting alive. chills. Yeah, that's it so was... crazy. That's the, mo- that's the craziest story that I think I've heard on the podcast. And like that, that tracks for like a gas station is almost always involved in these. I, I listen to a lot of crime podcasts and okay. like watch those shows. A gas station attendant becomes part of the narrative at some point because yeah. filling up and the vulnerability of like being by yourself at night and but oh my god! But I remember just the minutia of what the cops were asking me about. I'm like, 
I what? said hello. I told her to be careful. I said good night, be safe. You know. Were they implying that you would have somehow been involved, or were they trying to? Dis- I think they out? were trying to determine if she had run away, if maybe her husband has something to do with that. I mean, I think they were, you know. And this is, I mean, this was the era before true crime. I sure. know everyone's an expert now. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't then, but sure. I really thought it was curious that the cops came back like. And we're just kind of asking me the same questions over and over. I mean, maybe I was a suspect. I sure. I, I mean, don't they don't know either. How old would you have been at that time? Like 15, 16? 16 or 17. Oh, that would have overwhelmed me. I, that would yeah. overwhelm me now. But, uh, oh, good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But that was still your favorite job, even though you were responsible for a murder of three people. I mean, so, wow. Well, I mean, that I think that's a valuable experience. No question. And I, yeah. I did not have that with Gent, the home of the D cup and everything in the Pizza Hut kitchen. But having a crazy person threaten your life, being tangentially involved with a tremendous tragedy. I mean, I think you don't often get that with a minimum wage job. No, that's right. That's right. But, and I was being paid off the books, which comes to the other point. Billy, I think, was running some kind of scam there. No question. Yeah. And I showed up one Saturday to work, and Billy owed me $75, and there was an out-of-business uh, uh, out sign on the gas station. And uh, So you never got that money? Nope. Wow. So nope. Billy still owes you money. No, Billy, st- I mean, it's now 40 years. but, but Billy, Billy owes you six grand. But Billy came into the drugstore about a year later on my line, and I could see him like not looking at me. And I'm like, Billy, hey. Like, oh, hey, how's it going, man? How's it going? I'm like, uh, yeah, you owe me a little money. Good for you. I was going to ask if you mentioned it. Good for you. And he was like, oh, man, I don't know about that. And then he just kind of got out of the store. Oh, I wouldn't have sold him anything. I would have been like, yeah, yeah you're 75 in the hole, so I don't know how you're going to buy those, you know, Rolos or whatever the hell's yeah. in your hand. Like, I, he, he was there with his wife, so I didn't want to. But, I mean, $75 adjusted for inflation in 1983. That's a lot of yeah. And being paid off the books, like, he would show up and like, what do I owe you? I'd be like, uh, you owe me $45. Okay. Uh, yeah. And he would hand it to me. Wow. But I was re- he was running up a tab to about 75 bucks because I, I think I'd you know worked a week and a half or something. And uh, then, yeah. <laughs> was there actually, were they actually closed? Like you would go back like a week oh, later? Oh, yeah, it was gone. For sure, it was mm-hmm. for sure closed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what's your least favorite of all the jobs you've had, customer service-wise? Um, you know, I think... Pizza Hut has gotten me a lot of good stories. Okay. But it sucked. Yeah. I mean, working in a kitchen is really, really rough. What, um, what was the roughest part of it besides the crazy coworkers? Well, the, the crazy coworkers. <laughs> that helps. The, the constant, I mean, you're, you're literally working on an assembly line, mm-hmm. you know, and you're standing for a good long period of time. Occasionally, you're running to the back to run the dishwasher, which is... Hot and gross and wet. Yeah, which is almost like torture. Yeah, because you know, no, you're just there Steam. and everything's so muggy and yeah. you're you have to spray people's crap off plates and yep. then put it in the machine and yank down the doors yep. and then move. And that would be something I would just get to my car and just be absolutely exhausted. And it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. So mm. when you did have breaks, there was really nothing to do but go out and sit in your car. <laughs> you know? It's a special so, kind of depressing. Like, I mean, ugh. I mean, th- th- that's why I think you know, guys, like, guys like Eric would go out and maybe just get a little drunk, yeah, and come pulls. back in, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, they'd be fine. But yeah, I would think out of all those, I mean, CVS was a drag because there was so much customer interaction, which I really <laughs> didn't like. And Pizza Hut at least saved me from that. Sure. But Pizza Hut was was tough work. Yeah. And 
I remember there was another manager who turned on the dough mixer while my arm was in it. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. That can rip your whole arm. People don't realize the dough mixers at, at a place like that are massive. Yeah. It was one of the, the big hook arm things. Holy and, shit. And that was like kitchen safety 101. And he was having me scrape <laughs> the the bowl out with a oh scraper. Oh my God. And he just kind of leaned and accidentally turned it on. I yanked my arm out really quickly. And uh, then he came down and checked it out. But. There was another assistant manager named Reed who had gone to college at one point and he would use his old college ID to scrape the dole roller. Like, uh, you know, and he would always say, it's the only thing this is good for now. And I'm like, Oof. Ooh, what <laughs> happened in your life? Yeah. I, he'd, he'd gone to SUNY Potsdam for agriculture at some point in the seventies. That's what I would make out on his old mm. college ID. Got it. And, um, I guess he didn't become a super farmer. Well, he, he may have been a farmer of some kind. <laughs> so good job him. But well, I think he was also another passionate alcoholic there. As, so. as there are a lot in the North of the country. It's yeah. pretty dark up there. Okay, so what's the weirdest thing you were asked to do whilst you were on the clock at any of these jobs? I think one time in CVS, I was there late, we were getting ready to close, and this guy came in, obviously drunk, with two women who seemed like kind of drunk party girls. They weren't youngsters. They were probably in their early 30s. And there was a Ground Round restaurant in the oh, restaurant. I remember Ground Round. I had a birthday party at Ground Round. <laughs> and they, I think that was the only place in the mall that served alcohol. Oh, shit. So I think that might have been, they might have been getting their drink on there. And I think it was maybe a three-way that was about to happen. Yeah. Because he comes in and just bellows at me and says, where are the raincoats to take a shower? Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. I, I'm like oh, what? <laughs> and then the women laughed, humiliating. He's like, come on, where are the, uh, the raincoats to take a shower? Come on, come on, where are they? And I'm like, I don't know what those are. And then he's like, come on, man, rubbers. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. So he wanted to know where the condoms were, and I was like... You could have just said condoms, bro. Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, oh, the, the end of aisle three or wherever they were. And then he, he kind of staggers down the aisle, and the girls are yelling at him, they're at aisle three. No, you're in aisle four. And just, there were a couple of customers. I was just so mortified and embarrassed because that was, not a, that was a time in my life where I had no need for condoms or <laughs> raincoats to take a shower or, or rubbers. And, uh, yes, I would say that was the most embarrassing thing I was ever asked for. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty embarrassing. I mean, oftentimes when you're behind a counter, no one's asking you, you know, uh, to do too much. I was asked to do some crazy stuff when I mowed lawns at an Air National Guard base. Okay, but. and we do need to get. So you had said you in the in the previous episode you were sprayed with a chemical. The pro, what did you call it? it? It's a defoliant. Defoliant. Yeah. Okay, please. So <laughs> as one of the jobs that Chris mentioned last time, it was it was cutting the lawn. Um, at an international guard base. So what is defoliant? Um, well, defoliant is what they use in Vietnam, uh, like Agent Orange, to take leaves off of trees and kill weeds so That's you can I see thought. your enemy and, and bomb them. And uh, like I said, it's an Air National Guard base. Uh, it's Stewart International Airport in upstate New York, the longest runway in the world, okay. by the way. Mm -hmm. And I worked for Lockheed, the uh, military contractor. Yeah, sure. But Lockheed then used to have something called Lockheed Air Terminal, which was just maintenance on uh, in airports. And a neighbor of ours worked there as a secretary for the National Guard and got me a job there. And that was a lot of lifers uh, who were guys who mowed lawns. And every summer, they would take three college kids who were usually connected to an officer or some a civilian who worked on the base. So we were there. Occasionally, the guys 
would turn off the lights in the break room and for 60 seconds just punch us. <laughs> Like give us Charlie cool. horses. Cool. Cool. <laughs> dunk buckets of water on our head. Mm. One time I was asked to this is a crazy ask. Um, I was asked to they drove me out to a far out this this place was massive and we you'd have to go like ten minutes to, to to get to an outbuilding there. And I was asked to knock down a wall with a sledgehammer. Which was, was that a, your job, or well, I, it was a, I was a general maintenance drone, so it didn't matter. And um, and this is you know, no one ever wore a mask or any kind of protective gear, and I thought it was the greatest job on earth knocking down this wall. But these guys weren't engineers, and the entire ceiling collapsed eventually. My God! <laughs> and, and I ran out of there, and they were like, "Oh, good job." You know, now you're in trouble. Like, you were just supposed to knock out a wall. And, I'm like, and I think eventually an engineer realized, like, you shouldn't have told this 18-year-old to, to knock, knock out, out a wall. wall. But one of the jobs was working with a defoliant called Green Death, which is no longer manufactured. It was discovered yeah. to be too dangerous. And we would pour it in a sprayer that you, we, we would then hook onto the back of a truck. And one of the lifers would drive the truck. And one of us college kids, we would wear a respirator suit. And uh, kind of like the, what you see in, like what the guys were wearing in E.T. Sure. You know. Uh, and then you would wear a mask. and Because you would need to wear a mask while you were mixing it. Because it was poison mixed with a couple of parts water. And this stuff was so potent that when you sprayed it on weeds, you could literally watch the, the plants begin to wither. It was Ooh. stuff that was not to be fucked with. And what we would do is one of us would sit atop the sprayer, not strapped on it, while someone drove down the runway and like the guy would yell left or right and you would, because you were driving backwards. I hope this picture is coming across to the listener. Um, but basically I was on the back of a cart being pulled by a truck and this cart had a motor on it and it was a sprayer and I had a spray gun and I would spray back and forth and hit weeds coming up in cracks uh, in, in the runway. This was five twenty-five an hour. Um, Ooh, what a gift! What a gift! Almost double. And we would do it every week, but eventually, kids being kids like we were, and the weather being eighty or ninety degrees on the tarmac with no uh, uh, trees around because planes have to land, we would sometimes do it without the suit or without the ventilator. Chris, and Chris. <laughs> Because we're going to live forever. Of course. We're kids. And your boys. And yeah. you're, you know, not all cis white men have full advantages. <laughs> this is the disadvantage of being a cis white man. So I was there sitting on the back of it without wearing my ventilator or, or my, my suit because it would just get so hot. And that day we had a new lifer there, this, this guy named Dion. And um, again, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> Dion would wear nothing but uh, tank tops. And his last name, oh, should I say it? Yes. His last name was Sestaro. But the tank tops would be so low scooped that we would call him Chestero because we always saw his chest hair. Of course. But he really wanted to make an impression. He wanted to, it was a union job to be there for life, you know. So he was like, oh, we're not doing this fast enough. We got to do this faster. You know, and again, I was, I was leaving at the end of the summer. And Dion kept turning up the pressure on the pump. So more. And this is the day you're not wearing your suit, no mask. Yeah. Yeah, and he's safely in the cab of the truck, pulling me along. And he's going at a good clip because he wants to show these guys. We can do this so quickly. I can do, as supervisor to these kids, I can get this done. And then we stopped again, and he's like, I'm just going to turn up the pump a bit more. And he turns it up, and I'm, I'm facing away from the pump, and he gets back in the truck, and I hear pop. And the pump mechanism split open and exploded. It was too much pressure. Yeah. And I was suddenly 
covered with a liquid all up my back and the back of my head. Holy shit. And I managed Chris. to close my eyes. I'm like, Dion, you fucker. <laughs> Dion hopped out. And Dion was a volunteer fireman. That was like his big passion in thing. life. Yeah, sure. So he knew the guys at the uh, every every airport of this size has their own fire company. So he knew these guys at the crash house. So I hopped in the back of the truck with my eyes still closed because I knew if this stuff got in my eyes, I'd be a goner. He drove me to the crash house where some very nice firemen gave me a Silkwood shower. <laughs> what, remind, what is Silkwood? What is? Oh, I'm sorry. The movie Silkwood, which, which was the first movie I ever took a date to. Uh-huh. Um, it's about uh, Meryl Streep's in it. She gets contaminated with a uh, nuclear waste. She so works they pee on a, her or something? No, no. They just strip off your clothes and scrub scrub you down and that's what these nice firemen gave me they threw my clothes out they gave me like fireman's clothes to wear (laughs) and and your skin burning were you in so much pain no everything was fine and i drove home my fireman's clothes and had dinner with my parents then went to bed and i went back to work the next day i reported at 9 a.m or whatever we were supposed to and the supervisor was like uh you got to go to lockheed and you know which was their main office which we would only go in there to vacuum. Like we were always too dirty. We couldn't go in there. And I went in there to a conference room with a couple of very nice Lockheed employees. I'll bet. <laughs> who had a lot of paperwork for you to sign. I had a little run in yesterday. Well, glad to hear you're doing okay. Look, just sign that and sign Holy that and sign that. Shit. And did you sign it all? I signed it all. Because you were a teenager. I was 18 years of age. They took advantage of you. Yeah. And my parents wouldn't have let me quit a job, you sure. know, because. This was in between my freshman and sophomore year of school. My, my school was expensive. And um, so far, so good. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> but What's... yeah, a couple of years ago, I Googled Green Death and it was like, discontinued yeah. 1991 toxic FDA. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Vietnam and I don't want to tell you what I saw, but shit. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, oh. th- 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 that job was out in out of danger. I was on crutches for a little while too at once because I fell off a cart and it, like, the back wheel rolled over my ankle. <laughs> so so but, Chris, you're lucky to be alive is what we're learning yeah. with these customer service jobs. Like, it, wow, your yeah, life is, uh, and it, you're still able to write jokes. I mean, it was amazing the risks I took yeah. to earn tiny bits of money to go to college. Fuck you know? me. And it all goes back to that, you know, that supermarket experience where I'm like, oh, I'm one of the poor kids. <laughs> I don't want to stay this way. Okay, so so least favorite was Pizza Hut. The weirdest thing you've been asked, we covered. So was there an incident where they ever asked to speak to your manager? You seem like just not a confrontational dude. So like, was there ever something where people were like, fuck you, I got to talk to the person above you? I don't, you know, there was an old lady at the supermarket who always complained that I packed her bags too heavily bless her and she would always seem to get on the line just so she could uh get to the end and uh just tell me you always pack them so heavily Aww. i hate it when you i think she was a lonely woman yeah. and i was a young not bad looking kid you yeah. know? so yeah. i think it was just you know but i've never had anyone out oh no i've never had a customer say i'm gonna talk to your boss just because i think at cvs i kind of just ate all their garbage Ugh. you know i just so uh, I let the man yell at me about medicated powder. I never had a blow up. If I were still, if I'd gone on in my life and done a bit more of it, I think I would have a couple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I mean, because you know, God bless people who are, uh, you know, are able to take crap like that. Uh, as I mean, I was a kid. I was expected to behave myself. Yeah, sure. And do whatever grownups told me to do. You're an Irish kid, so that's just even more, yeah. more cemented. Okay. <laughs> So, so that didn't happen. That's good. You were about to say something though. You said, oh, and then you said, no, not a story. No, I mean, okay. uh, 
the district man, <laughs> the district manager at Pizza Hut told Eric to get me out of the kitchen one time because we were really crushed and I was fucking something up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was sent to wash dishes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Augie and Jim really dined out on that for oh, a while. Oh, but they did. That the, uh, oh, but they that did. The guy who was testing them, you know, to get their Domaster Supreme Awards had yep. uh-huh. you know, decided that, that, that I didn't. Uh, but yeah, just getting, having someone threaten to cut my head off. He didn't, he didn't go to the manager. He yeah. decided just yeah, to do yeah, it he with went, me. Yeah, he was tra- going straight to you. <laughs> God bless Vietnam. Maybe he had exposure to that same chemical. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the last straw? Was there ever like a job where you were like, burn this down, I'm done? Oh, or the, the, that was TV. Yeah. <laughs> so was there was there a moment in the TV jobs where you were like, I'm out, where you had a whole to do, or did you always leave sort of gracefully and say, I'm I'm out of here? Um, there's only one job in television that I quit without having another job to go to, just because I found it intolerable. And it was a lose-lose situation. And my ex-wife at the time, who had gone to law school out here in L.A., she'd gotten a job as a lawyer. So she was kind of like, you know, why don't you leave and find something else to do? Because it was such a terrible job, and it was kind of a high-profile, terrible job that I was having meetings, and I was saying that, I'll say it, I worked on Lopez tonight. I think I may have mentioned already that that was... uh, and I would mention, and people would kind of look at me like, hey, what's going on over there? You know? <laughs> oh, because you were like not able to even hide that you were having a hard time. No, just because like, there was such a stink on the show. Ah. And, um, you know, it was an impossible situation where it was never going to be a good show. Sure. So that was really a take this job and shove it kind of thing. Yeah. Like just sort of a, my contract was up. Hey, let's talk about next season. And I was like, no. No. No, so you didn't, you didn't leave mid-season. Like you honored No, no. I, I st- stuck it out to the end. Cool. And, uh, you know, they were happy to have me back for a second season, but I was happy to say no, absolutely not. I can't do this anymore. Okay. And you know, the year after that was pretty lean. Like I was at some points like, what did I do? Yeah. Should I have done that? But you know, everyone has an off year. Yeah. And your sanity is more of value than that. Yeah. But I don't think I ever in a service job ever had the courage to. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Tell them to fuck (laughs) off. Okay. Have you ever gotten into it with a customer and told a customer to F off, like just, you know, screw you or anything, any confrontations with customers? <laughs> I've done that with fellow shoppers at stores. But nice, but I, not, not in a job setting. I got into a big fight with an old lady at Santa Monica Seafood one day. <laughs> <laughs> Over what? Over a left turn. <laughs> As one does. This is how you show you're from New York. I mean, I mean she was totally, uh, obviously, a West Side older woman. Sure. And I was coming... <laughs> I don't know if this if we're yeah, necessarily. Who cares? People want to hear it. Um, I was coming up to make the right in the parking lot. She was there at the left. She was waiting a while because it was a left, and that's a busy place. Sure. And I made I made the right, which uh, the right away. Yeah, you know, I was doing, the right is always faster. And then I was shopping, and this old woman comes up to me. He's like, "You saw me with my left turn signal on, didn't you?" And I was like, "Oh, getting in here." I was like, "Yes." He's like, "Well, why didn't you let me in?" I'm like. You didn't have the right of way. She just began to needle me. And I was like, would you fuck off? Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and she, and she kind of laughed it off. And I was shopping around again. And she was going to check off. And she comes up to behind me. And she's like, just so you know, I'm still your friend. And then loudly, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> you had had it. And that was the kind of thing where, you know, I... Uh, the people working there in those service jobs, like, oh, someone's going psycho today. <laughs> <laughs> you gave them a good story. But, so but, it was a tangential but, story. But yeah, I've always, and it might stem from my 
service days, just yeah. old people needling me really gets under my skin. Yeah, sure. You can only take, everybody's got a threshold of shit that they can tolerate. Yeah. And that's, okay. <laughs> so how many bodily fluids have been on you whilst you've been on the clock? Was there ever a job where you were like, I got bled on or spit on or barfed? I imagine in the in the kitchen maybe. If not, then we can. Oh yeah, it. I mean, we would cut ourselves up in the All kitchen. The and you know, I already mentioned Hoggy and Jim's braces, uh, r- 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 rubber bands. You sure did. <laughs> okay, we're going to move past it. But, but, but I mean, just a pizza hut there would just be from when you would when you were stuck in the dishwasher yeah it was impossible to walk away without this nebulous sort of food and yeah. soap crust on you and, and it smells so specific too yeah and because everything would just be gooped together and there was no way not to get splashed yeah that's right and it was just such a weird cr- there were no locker rooms there like mm. you just had to come in your outfit and then leave in your outfit and I have to sit in my car oh. and that was just that was such awful. Uh, dirty work. Yeah, that's and, and thankless. Yeah, so thankless. Okay. Um, do you tip? Yes. How much? Uh, twenty to twenty-five percent. That's really generous for someone. You've never worked a tip position, right? No. So why do you tip so high? Um, I think my father being a hardworking guy, mm. that was always an important thing. I I'm quite aware of the fact that a lot of my career has been luck. Oh, that's you know, so there's nothing. I think there's always, particularly when you're doing a career like mine, there's always something like this could all fall apart at some point. And I think growing up in a situation where there was always a degree of economic anxiety uh, uh, growing up because my folks didn't have a lot of money. My mother was sick for many years. So I think there's always something in the back of my mind like this could all go away. And I could at some point need need a job you know i'm in a position where i can do it i've i've never been despite the worst service i've never been a you're getting nothing oh you're not that way yeah yeah so no matter even if they are awful to you you will still tip oh you know no there was an ethiopian restaurant in lower manhattan (laughs) (laughs) Where, where the woman was so nasty and um, but and so clearly didn't want us in her restaurant. Ooh. Snapped at me during the order. I didn't. I didn't leave a tip. My friends all did. Ah. And then I left. I'm like, Ugh. and I went back in and I threw down maybe ten percent. Oh well, that was you know? nice. So you've never you just don't stiff people. That's very kind. No, I mean, uh, like I had an Uber guy the other night and his car was filthy. It was at like I got in and he had. There was an empty Pepto bottle rolling along in the back, and everything was just dirty. And he was listening to what I can only describe to as very loud pirate rock. It was some some band because I I I shazammed it. It was something (laughs) called. You did. (laughs) It was something called a band called Blind Guardian. Now I want to look him up. (laughs) And it was almost just like Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, but it was all about dropping anchor and turning into the wind and stuff. (laughs) And it was so. And I tipped him. I tipped him 20%. Uh, instead of five stars, I gave him four. Sure. Because I just wrote, um, the car needed a vacuuming. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, like, and like I looked at my Uber rating, I'm like a 4.8. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Who? who? Him. Yeah. <laughs> it was him. It was Pirate Rock guy. He's like, he didn't come in with an eye patch, so I'm giving him a two. Yeah, I, I had an Uber one time where the guy had clearly been smoking beforehand, like in the car. Weed or cigarettes? Uh, 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 cigarettes. Ugh. You know, and that was like, you know, I, I'm like, have you been smoking here? He's like, no. You're like, you're lying. You're a liar. You okay. Yeah, and you're like, cool, now I smell like smoke. But I think I gave him like three out of five stars. You know? God, you're nicer than I, that. I'm only meet people halfway, halfway, but I'm not a big, um, 
Um, oh, actually, come to think of it, I complained about a server, but I still tipped. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it was one of those like COVID's finally lifting and we have an outdoor area. Please be masked, this, that, the other thing. And our waitress was talking to two old guys at the next table talking about like, well, this COVID thing is really political, isn't it? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And just being a total anti-masker and anti-vaxxer. And I wrote to the manager of the restaurant and just being like, hey, you want people to come in, maybe... Maybe don't have that conversation. You can yeah. have that opinion, but maybe just don't yeah, be so... keep it to yourself, yeah. not be blaring it. I never heard back. So of course for all, not. For all I know, the manager... It was a restaurant you, in Santa Monica. For yeah. all I know, they were all anti-vaxxers. Yeah, they don't care either. So. Okay, and um, have you ever been fired from a customer service job? I was one time... <laughs> I, I was working for a guy who was laying carpet one day. It was... Uh, he was the brother of the woman who used to do my mother's hair. And it was, I think, right before I got the airport job. And um, they picked me up in a van, him and another guy, and I was wedged between them. And we were going around lay- laying carpet. And they were both tradesmen. Like, he was like the master. This other guy was an apprentice. And I was just going to help out. And it was a long day. And then I, you know, the next morning I walked out to the end of my driveway in the thermos. And they just never showed up. Holy <laughs> shit. So you weren't Fired necessarily, but you just were never picked up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that feels good. <laughs> so I was fired, and then he paid me for that day through the woman who used to cut my mom's hair at Total Eclipse, <laughs> and uh, I got my like thirty dollars for the day or whatever. Really cool. Thanks. This but, is actually but, best case scenario. But I mean, it's very hard work. I never laid carpet before, yeah. and you know, I don't remember doing anything wrong. But I don't remember having a natural gift for it either. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, last question in this section. The worst customer that you had to interact with or an archetype? I think you've kind of described the like pestering, not listening to you, asking you a lot of questions. Is that yeah, kind of I, like, you know, the, the medicated powder people yeah, who didn't want to hear any nuance or anything. They just were snapping their fingers and yeah. you needed to give them an answer right away. Yeah. And, and there were a lot of that at CVS. Sure, like people are just running in. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Where's this, that and the other thing? Sir, I'm with a customer right now. Where is this, this, that, and the other thing? And, you know, uh, uh, that was, you know, and around, uh, I remember around the holidays at CVS, it was really, really tough. Yeah. Um, The lines would be long. People would be getting last minute things. I I remember closing up on Christmas Eve one time. The last two customers were online. There was a young guy and obviously his dad. And uh, I'm just like, guys, get out of the store. (laughs) I want to go home. You know, and... They walk up and the young guy says, uh, a carton of carton of Marlboro. So and which at the time was ten dollars for a carton of Shit. of regular regular sized cigarettes. I remember the one hundreds were like eleven fifty. And I gave him the carton of Marlboro red, he gave me the ten dollars, and he turned to the old man, and he's like, Merry Christmas, Dad. And just handed me the car, handed him the carton. My God. <laughs> Holy shit. I remember following them out of the stores and pulling the gates closed <laughs> like, and like that's a wrap. Yeah. Like, Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm out of here. Okay. Well now folks are gonna move on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. Okay, what's the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? Someone gave me a dollar bill when I helped them with their groceries at Great oh, that's, American. That's the saddest <laughs> answer of all time, and also that's honest. Okay. But uh, no, none of my jobs, I never remember getting a letter like, you hey, didn't. you know, like, like this one kid was particularly helpful. Um, and there was no going to corporate on your behalf. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I was just grateful if no one gave me too, <laughs> yeah. too much of a hard time. Fuck. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, that's so honest. Um, okay. And what's the best lesson you've personally learned from having worked these jobs in customer service? Uh, I think not so much a le- lesson, but I think I did learn some compassion. Mm. You know, I never went until I worked at CVS. I never realized that people would just approach me and be unpleasant. Sure. And I was a kid who worked very, very hard in high school. I was my class president. I was my class vice president. I was the band yeah. president. I was the National Honor Society president. I was too. Yeah. I was NHS president too. And yeah. I was a kid who, while certainly not football player popular, I wasn't like bullied and sure. I was kind of respected and people kind of looked at me as, you know, he's, he's a kid with a head on his shoulders and you know, he's doing all this because he wants to get into college. It's not because I had any <laughs> particular passion for That's service. <laughs> but to get outside of the walls of my high school and suddenly be treated like a schlub sure. by old people and sometimes by friends' parents. Or sometimes say. by alleged friends, Danny. Was yeah. It Danny? Yeah. yeah. And I think that was a big lesson to me to, you know, nobody's such a hot shot. Sure. You know, at any opportunity, things can turn around and... Just go forward and at least try to get, greet people nicely. Sure. You know, I mean, if someone gives it back to me in the service industry, I'll 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 give it back to them. Good. I'll still tip. I'll still tip because yeah. yeah. I'm a coward. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I but and to be completely cynical, a big lesson <laughs> for me was I didn't want to wear a name tag. Come on. You know, I wanted some privacy. Yeah. I, I didn't want everybody on earth knowing my name. I don't think that's cynical. Yeah. I think that that's just, that speaks to the experiences that you had and the like that, that a name tag was used. I mean, we were joking about it, but it was used as this leveraging thing of like, I have dominion over you yeah. because of this other, this distinction. It's like, and in a way it's sort of, it's, it's stripping away a bit of your privacy. Yes. Like you are, you are lesser because that person has something on you mm-hmm. and I hate to say it as a lesson because I don't in any way mean to demean people who need to wear a name tag. Sure. But I realized that it was something I didn't want <laughs> going going forward in my life. Sure. And it's good and it's honest work, but I, I, I needed to escape that sure. and, and get away from it. Sure, I get and, it. Uh, and you learned and, you, and you're away from it currently. Yeah. Okay. And for then, now. For now. For today. <laughs> and what's one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers? Oh, just, you know, they don't want to be there. Hello. <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> Correct, sir. You know, yeah. I, um, you know, and they're they're probably working harder th- th- than you are. Sure. You know, it's uh, occasionally I find myself like if I'm shopping, can I help you, sir? I'm like, no. You know, or... Yeah. He asked me, I have to, you know, but then, you know, I have to remind myself, like, they aren't doing that out of their own free will. That's right. There's been some memo from the head office at Consumer Value Stores (laughs) that you need to run out there and hit somebody and talk to them. And part of your work is commission. And I can maybe take it easy. Yeah. And I can say, no, I'm good. And go on with my day. And well, I think they call them touchstones or something like that. You have to make, you have to touch whether it be verbal or physical. There has to be some sort of touch with every customer in certain spaces and like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. And you know, at one time people just worked in stores and now there's a whole industry teaching you how to work in a store. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess maybe make it so you aren't the guy people talk about after you leave. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. That please. And is there anything you wish, like final question, like anything you wish people knew, like say, talk to someone who's never worked in customer service, apart from the lessons that you've shared, is there something that you just, this little nugget would help 
everybody working in customer service, if, if everybody who hadn't worked in it knew this one thing? Well, first off, isn't it nice? <laughs> you lucky bastard. Lucky you. <laughs> what, what, what a great life you've had. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's an important thing, and it, it sounds a little new agey, and I didn't really pick it up until about 10 years ago. I think over the last 10 years, I've become a bit of a better person. I used to be a little bit more, you know, judgmental and a little quicker to put my dukes up, but you don't really know what a person's journey is. That's true. You know, and uh, I mean, know know how lucky you are Mm -hmm. that you're on the other side you're on the other side of that cash register. And uh, chances are, if you've never had to work a job like that, it's not because of your ingenuity. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's not because you're living off the land and you've been trapping or whatever. It's nepotism. Yeah. It's familial whatever. You're just lucky. Yeah, it's because you had wealthy parents who said, you need to concentrate on school. You shouldn't be working, you know, uh, at at McDonald's. Yeah, sure. It was very clear to me that if I didn't work, there wouldn't be, wouldn't be any college, you know. So I needed to go work. out and work and still get in tremendous debt. Um, <laughs> Real talk. Nothing compared to what people now get Hello. into because the loans weren't nearly as predatory. Shout out to Sally Mae. This is an ad for Sally Mae. Fuck yeah. you. Oh, I mean, I, ha- I had Sally Mae at one point. Like, like my debt was bought by a couple of yep. different people and yep. someone was making money. Mm-hmm. But I worked hard and I booked a national commercial, so I was able to pay it off. And why don't those young people do that today? Uh, <laughs> just book a commercial, fuck just faces. Just book a commercial That's for Chris's puffs, facial tissues. <laughs> why do you need to have your debt erased? Um, but yeah, just, you know, you no one's a self-made person. Come on. You know, you did not get the, you did not emerge fully formed. You did not get to where you are without a little handout along the way favors and um you know it's uh i see libertarian people who post things online and i'm just like i i don't i don't know how you're so self-sufficient but high fives i I enjoy spending your parents money yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah i did that i mean yeah just just i guess boil it down to get over yourself hello and i mean (laughs) i mean good for you that you you know got to such a point without ever having to work. And High five. I, I'm sure people had a justification for it, the people who were providing for you in such a manner, but I think it would have been better for you to do. That's right. You know, I know some very wealthy people whose kids work. That's great. And that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think they're, and I know those kids and those are better kids. That's right. Than the ones who have just been able to pursue their dreams. Universally. <laughs> Universally. That's right. Well, Chris, this was such a delight. Thank you for two weeks worth of your time. We, we learned so many things about you. It's been so lovely. How can people get in touch with you? Do you want people to find you on the socials? Yeah, p- uh, people can find me on Twitter. Okay. It's uh, Chris R. Regan. Okay, can you spell that for our, our very smart Oh, yeah, it's at way. Chris, C-H-R-I-S-R-R-E-G-A-N. Okay. And uh, I, I really, you know, I know people hate Twitter. I really like Twitter. You're uh, good at it, though. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I really, you know, I don't, I really loved writing jokes and... That's not so much a part of my life now. I mean, Family Guy is a very joke-heavy show, but I I like politics and and history and stuff like that, and I like to joke about that, and it's it's a nice outlet for it. And uh, I often tweet in such a way that people can't reply. Smart. Um, because I you know I don't need help. <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> you've been doing this a long time. You're not looking for notes. <laughs> uh, Morgan Murphy, uh, a great comic and writer, wrote yeah. on Twitter very early on when I joined, like. 
Um, until Twitter, I never knew that my jokes had answers. You know? <laughs> she's so funny. I <laughs> I delight with her. She's writing on a show right now, I think. Anyway. Oh, I'm sure. It's not yeah. about her. Uh, yeah. So great. So so follow you on Twitter, but um, no notes for the jokes is what, yeah. so that's a note to our audience. Good to know. And you know, watch Family Guy. I think it's still a great consistent show. You can it watch is. it on network or Hulu. It is on Hulu. Um, the Jersey, the Jersey boar, right? The, the Jersey boar. That's the, the most recent. That was the most recent episode I wrote. Yeah. Okay. And that is uh, season 20 and it's the last episode of the season, right? Or second to last. Uh, it was. And I actually, I think it, I don't know when this is going to be on, but I think it repeats this Sunday. Amazing. Yeah. So, okay. Um, but I, you can watch it on Hulu. I just watched it today, actually. Um, well, folks, we're going to drop your text now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review the show wherever you're listening. But you're listening on Sirius XM right now, Channel 771. She's so funny. So thanks for having us on, Sirius. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at Service from Hell directly, send us your receipts to service from hell podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you remember if you can't afford a tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way thanks chris this was super great thank thanks you for, for having me on. all right folks thanks for listening good night good night